turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. I am so excited about this guest, Shamika Michelle. If you haven't heard of her, <laughs> you're going to want to listen to this. If you do know who she is, you definitely know you're going to want to listen to this. Stay tuned. Shamika Michelle is next. It's time for the Michelle Tafoya podcast. So if you go to the charts on iTunes right now, there's a song in the top three called Reclaim the Rainbow. And it is a song about pride and reclaiming the rainbow. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to play you a clip of it with one of the uh, rappers from it, Shamika Michelle, who is our guest today. And I'm really fired up because she is a breath of fresh air. She tells it like it is. You will hear one-liners in here that will make you laugh, shake your head, disagree, agree. And that's what I really like about her. You don't have to agree with everything she says to really appreciate who this woman is. She is the coolest. You know what else is the coolest? My summer secret to a great looking, glowing summer complexion. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a lot more than keeping hydrated and using sun protection. It's having great skincare products from our friends at GenuCell because there's the sun, humidity, dehydrated skin covered with dark spots, puffy bags under the eyes. They're a problem for all of us, but thankfully GenuCell has created all the perfect answers. Introducing GenuCell's beautifully curated summer essentials package. This limited edition package includes GenuCell's one-of-a-kind ultra retinol super moisturizer. This stuff is awesome. It uses a powerful plant extract alternative to retinol no harsh side effects, and it's perfectly safe to use in the summer sun. Plus, you'll get GenuCell's classic skincare therapy for under eye bags and puffiness and concentrated vitamin C serum to nourish your skin for a visibly clear complexion with a glow that will get you compliments all summer long. Go to GenuCell.com slash Michelle. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle with one L. Go there right now to get your GenuCell Summer Essentials Package. And just for the summer, every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift box absolutely free. Order now and every summer package includes GenuCell's immediate effects also free with its immediate effects results guaranteed in 12 hours or less. You've got nothing to lose your money back on that one. Don't wait. GenuCell.com slash Michelle. GenuCell.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. GenuCell.com slash Michelle. And Shamika Michelle is next, but she's got two L's. As I said in the introduction, Shamika Michelle is multi-talented and now has a a hit single. Shamika, this is crazy. I mean, you got to even be a little surprised by the ascension of this song to the number three spot on the list. I think it's behind a couple country top tunes. Uh, yes. How did this come about? How did who started this whole project? So from my understanding, Jason Whitlock wanted to actually do a song 
during Pride Month that was kind of going against the alphabet mafia and all of the trans stuff that we're seeing. And so he reached out to Bryson, but TJ, who is the director of Fearless, had reached out to me asking me if I would be interested because I had done Bryson's MAGA challenge uh, some time ago. A few years ago, I did a little diss uh, verse or two to Trick Daddy. And so he knew that I was interested in rapping and or singing. And so he asked me if I would be interested in doing it. And I said, yes, Bryson sent me the music. And I mean, I think we did the song and video within two weeks because I came to Nashville, did the song and then came back like a week or so later to do the video. And so. Yeah. So kind of Jason Whitlock's idea and then everybody sort of, you know, filled their roles. And yes. um, it's it's the idea you, you talk about the alphabet mafia. Uh, mm -hmm. At what point in the alphabet mafia? So you've got LGBTQI plus is as far as I can remember it. Mm -hmm. at, at what like I have a friend, a dear friend, a gay man who feels as though his movement, his beliefs, all of the things that he values as a gay man have been hijacked by the trans community. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guessing this is what you mean by the alphabet mafia, but I'll let you tell us. Yes, for sure. Uh, I stopped actually at the L and the G because in my opinion, <laughs> if you're B, you're L or G, and I just don't acknowledge anything that comes after that. Uh, and definitely we always say the P is silent. But, you know, I I do know a lot of gay people that are not with what is being done now in schools and how they're just constantly pushing it. And anytime you say anything that they disagree with, you're canceled. So I have a lot of gay friends that are actually standing up, actually, and pushing back. You know, I know some of the people involved with Gays for Groomers, like they're in the fight against what's happening to children. And so I, yeah, I stop at G for personally. <laughs> That's all I acknowledge. Well, I, you, it sounds like you're very much aligned with, with my friend who, again, shakes his head about the transgender, uh, you know, trans feet, Gosh, what are you trans women athletes participating against biological women in sports? This is the anniversary week of the signing of Title IX. And so that's a very hot topic as well right now in the country. And it feels as though there is some pushback coming from all directions that is positive for women. I hope that's the case. What are you what are you seeing? I do feel like there has been some positive pushback. When we look at the young lady who was a swimmer for Kentucky yes. and how she's Riley been Gaines, yeah. Riley Gaines, yes, and how she's been speaking out. I even noticed how Caitlyn Jenner has been speaking out against, you know, the movement as well. And so I do think we're getting some positive feedback because I think it was just a line too far, especially when you start including children. I just, there's a park down the street from me that has all of these signs that say protect trans kids. And there are so many people in my city that has, you know, reached out to me like, kids shouldn't be trans. And so they understand that it's an attack on the children. And I think that's where the line was. You know, once you start involving kids who can't really make 
adult decisions and can't really speak up for themselves, that's when so many people, especially moms like you and I, are going to get involved because that's just too far. It's a bridge too far when kids can't even make up their mind about what they want for dinner or right. what they want to be when they grow up. Or, you know, I've, I've got a 17 year old and he's applying to colleges and they, what, what do you want to major in? How, how the hell is a 17 year old supposed to know right now before he's even exposed to mm-hmm. all the subjects in college? So these are decisions you're asking kids to make before their brain is fully developed. And it's absolutely insane. And we see a lot of uh, kids who underwent gender affirming care, meaning surgeries and mm-hmm. mastectomies now coming back and suing. And I think this is where the rubber is going to meet the road, Shamika, because when you start suing doctors or medical facilities or clinics and saying, you didn't really tell me what I was getting into. I was 12 years old. You really kind of pushed my parents into this. I mm-hmm. do think parents need to take a much bigger, stronger role in this. If they are not sure, they shouldn't just let a surgeon push them around and tell them, would you rather have a dead son or a living daughter? That is right. such a, a tired um, and and kind of a straw man phrase. Um, so before we get too far from this, I do want to play for our audience a clip of you from, I think we're just going to um, play your part of this, which starts at one minute and 37 seconds into the track. Shamika Michelle rapping on uh, Reclaim the Rainbow. Let's play it. Could have thought or knew. We said a word, well, man, and be referring to do. Said, I hope you put and pops offended and you feel attacked. Cause I'm here to stand the village to take the rainbow back. And we're rising like a nation, calling out, seeing no hesitation. Should we can play nice, no obligation. I'ma call it what it is. And I'm snatching, I ain't asking, got an animal instinct, Carol Baskin. My tongue is the gun, yeah, the assassin. Love is love, Brr, nasty. Taste the rainbow. No thanks, I'd rather die unless it's God show. That sign up in the sky. Take a line from Tina T. Like, what's gay love got to do with me? I got a rainbow on my neck and I can't breathe. <laughs> that line is uh, is quite something. How, you know, what is the initial response been? I could see, Shamika, if, if uh, an average person hearing that and saying, oh, this is all based on religion and I'm not religious and I believe in everybody has the right to love whomever they love and and push back against it. Clearly, people are paying for the song. They're downloading it like crazy on iTunes. Um, But for you, what have you seen? Uh, So I've seen mostly positive feedback. We did have Doja Cat fans coming after us on yesterday because at the time, J. Cole was number one. Doja Cat was number two, and we were number three on the hip-hop charts. And so some of her fans were coming after us and, you know, saying Satan rules and all of these things. And then just like that, we were number one. (laughs) And (laughs) J. Cole was number two, and Doja Cat was pushed to number three. So it just seemed to me like, you know, and everybody's like, God always wins. And so it's just been... This weekend has been like a real roller coaster ride, but I think for the most part, people have been very positive about, you know, in their responses. It's a really interesting, for me, kind of sad and scary, worrisome time in America because we have this 
rejection of God to a certain extent. And your side of it is this, this, you know, um, adoration of religion, this, this belief, this faith, this strong, strong faith. And it seems that that chasm is almost widening when you, when you see that Catholics are on a terror watch list or whatever, or, you know, and, and you think to yourself, how, how do we get here? I mean, religion's been a big part of American life since, you know, before the Declaration of Independence. Right. So, so what in the hell, excuse my, my language there is going on, Shamika, with this, this kind of this crumbling. You know, I've been wondering the same thing, Michelle, because I actually was a minister um, 12 years ago, maybe. I walked away from the church and I walked away because I felt like it was just so much foolishness in the church. I didn't feel like the church was actually standing on anything solid because they were kind of tossed to and fro by every wind that came through. And so I threw up the peace sign and said, I'm out of here. Y'all can have it. Do what you're going to do. And I felt like, you know, somebody else would just come in and fill the fill the gap. Like I didn't really think I was leaving a hole or a space. And then it just seemed like I began to see religion just come under so much attack. I'm completely fine with people believing whatever they believe. I'm not the type of person that says, oh, you have to be a Christian or you have to be a Muslim or you have to be. I'm even fine with atheists. But when I've seen what I've seen in the last three or four years, pastors being locked up for opening their churches during uh, COVID or preachers being arrested on the streets for speaking the gospel. For me, it was, okay, somebody has to be fearless and be willing to stand up against the mob because this for me was just too much. And so People have been turning away, which I, I I never cared about them turning away, as I said, from church, because I felt like there was just so much foolishness in the church. But I was really shocked when people just not only started denouncing God, but doing things that they felt like promoted Satan, Satan or promoting evil. Like we had Lil Nas X who had the video where he was lap dancing on Satan that was supposedly in hell. And he had the blood shoes that he was advertising. For me, it's like, okay, you may not believe, but I just, I feel like you're going a little bit too far. Making a mockery of people's religion is too much. We saw this recently as well at the Los Angeles Dodgers um, stadium where they decided to celebrate a group uh, that was clearly anti-Catholic. It's a it's a it's a I don't even want to mention them because it's I, I just find it really weird mm-hmm. and that a sports organization. I mean, there's nothing more American than what was it? Baseball, apple pie and Chevrolet. And now <laughs> baseball is is honoring this group inside the stadium. If the footage is correct, very few people were in there to see this little ceremony honoring this group. Um, but outside there were protesters. It's, it's such a time that people are saying, if you're protesting this group, you must be ultra MAGA. You must be super right wing. There's, there's very little middle ground. And, and Oh, and you're a transphobe. You know, uh-huh. someone tweeted at me recently that, I hate trans people. 
whatever, because I think that, that women should compete against women in sports. Um, but so this is, this is troubling. And I feel like the more we go into our corners, the more extreme the arguments seem to get. I don't know where we find a bridge, Shamika. I, do you have any thoughts about that? Where this bridge is going to come from? Yeah, first of all, I would like to say I'm so glad the Dodgers lost. I think they had zero. (laughs) Um, But I don't know if there is a bridge. Like, I don't know if I'm really interested in in having a bridge between um, myself and trans people. When people tell me that I'm a transphobe, Maybe I am. Maybe I am completely afraid of the fact that you actually believe that you can change genders, which I don't think that you can. Unless you can change your chromosomes, you can't change for me. So if that makes me afraid of you all, yeah, I'm afraid of your ideology and the way that you think because you want me to jump in and go along with your mental illness, and I'm not doing that. Period. So I don't know if there is a bridge because I don't I don't look for middle ground with crazy people. I just don't (laughs) like I don't look to come coming together. So I don't know if there's a bridge. You know, again, I I do the L and the G. (laughs) No bridge for me. Um. This this idea of no middle ground with crazy people. I know you were flabbergasted as many people were during COVID that people would wear masks outside and do things that were seem so counterintuitive. They just didn't seem smart. They didn't right. seem intelligent. They didn't seem wise. They seemed like, okay, wear a mask into the restaurant, but once you sit down at a table, you may take it off. <laughs> this stuff was insane. I think we all knew it at the time, but no one was willing to say, hello, this is just dumb. Uh, And so I think that was one of the eye openers for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was so disappointing for me because people that I looked up to or people that I actually thought were smart or intelligent or at least well educated were, you know, I'm thinking, do you really believe if I'm walking down the right side of the aisle with the arrows that whatever's on the left side is not going to, you know, I could not believe that people were really believing this stuff. And it bothered me because my mom's a nurse, my grandmother's a nurse, and we would go out to restaurants and my mom would be like, where's your mask? And I'm thinking, girl, (laughs) I'm not doing that. Like, do you really think that we're safe, you know, once we sit down because this virus is going to fly over our heads? It was just so much craziness that I could not believe it. And I'm seeing uh, that it had such a long lasting effect on people because here we are three years later. I'm still seeing completely healthy people wear masks outside. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people in the car driving by themselves still in masks. And it's just sad what's happened to us. Well, it it demonstrates how easily manipulated so many people are if they hear it from the right experts, you know, that Mm -hmm. this is that must have been an interesting dynamic between you and your mom, your mom working as a nurse in healthcare, and you going, Mom, what what are you what are you doing here? How did you two 
sort of find common ground around that or did you ever? I think I just, you know, her her thoughts were probably she's a nut. And I was thinking in my head, she's being a nut. And we just accepted that we were two nuts that just did not agree. Because not only, you know, was it me, it was my children. My children, of course, were following what I said. And so she would ask me, where's my mask? But then also ask my kids. So she got pushed back from all sides that we just were not about to you know, go into this foolishness. And I traveled a lot for 2020 because I was working for the walkaway campaign. So I would say from like the end of July of 2020 uh, through the, the beginning of 2021, I was gone almost every weekend. And I think a lot of people were shocked that I wasn't somewhere laid up in a hospital bed mm-hmm. because at these rallies and the places I was, I was speaking, People weren't wearing masks and they were coming up getting this close. Like, oh, my God, I loved you. I love what you had to say. <laughs> and and I survived. So for me, my mom being so scary, I had the proof that you didn't have to be that scary. You could continue to live life. And if you were taking care of yourself, eating properly, getting enough rest, taking your vitamins, and of a certain age, you had a very good chance of beating it if you did get it. I ended up catching COVID. I think it was, let's see, where am I? We're in 2023, yeah. 2021. I got COVID and I got it right before Christmas. And I normally do Christmas dinner because every year we do fried fish and gumbo. I was so healthy and still moving around, although I tested positive because my mom wanted me to take a home test. She thought I was just trying to get out of Christmas dinner. She was like, are you sure it was positive or you just don't want to do dinner? Because I was okay. (laughs) And it was so hard for her to understand why I didn't need to be in the hospital on a ventilator. Yeah, well, I I think in retrospect, we can decide that ventilators might not have been the best idea. Right. I want to read, I'm, a, I'm at your website, shamikamichelle.com. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read this out loud. Are you tired of going through life feeling like a miserable sack of shit? Are you ready to strip bare your soul and live life authentically? If so, this book is for you. This was your book, Keep It Naked, which came out. It's, I think it's still available on, on Amazon. And I want to read your quote. I was that chick gave it all up, all of it. I put all my eggs in one basket, didn't have a plan B because I believed in plan A. Then one day it all came to an end. What was I to do? I had to take it. I'm a survivor with three kids, had to make it. So instead of dying from pain and hiding in shame, I decided to get naked. Um, What was it that you put all your eggs in one basket? What was that basket? My marriage. Your marriage. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. It came crashing down after you had your kids or what happened? Yes. After children, it started cracking like glass. And I had no idea how to move on from that because everything I had, every part of me, all of my energy, all of my thoughts went into making this marriage successful. And so when it ended, I felt like I was starting over because, of course, I had to rebuild my credit. I I didn't have anything in my name. Like, literally, 
all of my eggs were in my marriage. My bank account, you know, our bank accounts were together. It was just really me starting over. And I felt like because I was in the church that there were so many times that I had to preach, sing, dance, teach uh, Sunday school when my life was actually cracking like glass. And I had to wear this mask that everything was okay when it wasn't okay. So once I went through divorce, I said, I want a place where women can actually gather to be honest and to say, I'm having a hard time or things aren't going so well or things are going great, you know, whatever. But there's a space where they can be honest and not be judged. And so I started the Naked Girls, which was just a group of women coming together to be open, honest and emotionally exposed. So for me, it was like once I started taking off the mask and just being who I really am, you get me good, bad, or indifferent. So I don't claim to be right all the time, but I do claim to be honest. Like you don't have to guess what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) And she tells it on the Jason Whitlock podcast and also on the Cut the Bull podcast where I got to be a guest and that was so much fun. And the the political side of you may surprise people as well. Um, That, you know, you have been a very outspoken Trump supporter. What is your view of what's going on right now? We've got a president who, as Rob Schneider, the comedian, put it, if he were a dog, you would put him down. It's it's crass, but it's funny, and it's probably true. It, mm-hmm. It's sad to watch. And yet, on the other side, it seems that Trump is right now really got the majority of the Repu- Republican support. But there are a lot of independents out there, Shamika, who are like, we just want to change. We want some normalcy. Where? Where are you putting your eggs in this basket? I'm still putting my eggs in Trump's basket simply because they're still after him. And I just feel like if you're going to go to these extremes to take a man down, there has to be a reason. And for me, it's not simply, you know, because you think he's a criminal. I think it's because you feel like he can upset some of your criminal involvement or some of the things that you're doing that you're trying to hide under the covers, he can snatch those covers off and make somebody else be naked. And so that's why he has my support because I just feel like this what's happening now is just more of what's been happening for the last seven years where they are just constantly finding some reason that he can't be the president of the United States or that he shouldn't be. And for me as a black person, I remember when we used to esteem Trump, like Trump was the American dream. If you listen to rappers, he was always in the raps as what we wanted to aspire to be as far as having money, having independence. We would see him in pictures with Jesse Jackson and Rosa Parks and He wasn't a racist at that time, or at least that's not what was being pushed to us. And I noticed how all of a sudden, when he wanted to run for president as a Republican, this man who you all have fed to us for years as the American dream, I'm now supposed to believe he's this hateful racist who you know, don't want to see me get ahead, but I I never got that from his policies. And so I'm still on board with him for those reasons. And I'm still out here trying to 
uh, get black people to understand that we have to start looking at policies and laws opposed to personalities. And when I get in conversations with black people, they can't tell me one policy that they feel like Trump put in place that was racist. All they can tell me is that, oh, he's racist. Oh, he doesn't like black people. Or, oh, who cares? Half of your husbands or your spouses don't like you. They go to the bar and sit there for three, four hours before they come home. Why are you worried about whether the president of the United States likes you? <laughs> and so I'm constantly saying you instead of me, them making me tell them why I like Trump, I'm making them tell me why they dislike him. Give me some facts. Give me some policies. Your emotions, you can keep it. If we're not in a relationship, I don't even want to hear about your emotions. Let's talk about the facts. And how, have you seen any, have you been able to change any minds, do you think? I have, because while people won't say it all the time publicly, I've gotten a lot of people just from my city, people I went to school with that have messaged me privately to say, you made me look at things a different way. And I'm noticing even people, like they'll send me stuff. Um, you know, in my inbox, like, look at this, you know, because they're having now a change of heart or a change of thought and mind that now things that they were totally against uh, in 2020, the, it, their eyes are now opening. So they will send me stuff to my inbox all the time because they ran across somebody speaking about Trump or saying something, you know, that's more right leaning. And it could be a video that I'm like, huh. I saw this two years ago, people, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that they're interested is great. Well, yes, if it's getting people engaged and paying attention, that would be great. You, you, you're part of this walk away organization. And um, I, I like to believe that that also is opening up some people's eyes. Uh, I know a lot of, I've talked to Jason Whitlock. I've talked to Charles Love. I've talked to a lot of people in the black community who get the, you're an uncle Tom. What, what are you, because you're a woman, are you called an uncle Tom or an auntie Thomasina? What are you called? <laughs> <laughs> yes. An uncle Tom, an auntie Thomasina, a coon, but it's only by people who don't know me, which is great. Now, if it was my closest friends, uh, friends or my family saying that I, I probably would be more, you know, I, I probably, I guess, maybe would feel bad about it or be more apt to kind of step back a little bit. But it's always people that don't know me. And that's yeah. like the go-to argument to try and get somebody to shut up. You know, yes. you feel like my feelings are going to be hurt. You know, I've gotten to the point now where I've posted a raccoon picture myself. I posted a raccoon picture in a Trump hat, you know, and it said something <laughs> like me when people ask me, you know, how do I feel about Trump? This is how I feel. So, you know, it doesn't bother me when people say that because my friends and family, they know the truth and they would never say that, at least not in public, you know, not to your face or not. <laughs> not, in my, not to my face. So, yeah, I get those same names, but it's always from strangers who just want to use that as the argument to shut me up. And you would think by now people would realize She's not shutting up. 
they if they don't realize that by now, they're kind of stupid. They don't see it because um, you're not. And that's what I love about you. It, it, whether we agree on everything doesn't matter to me. I respect the hell out of you because you, like like the Whitlock podcast is called Fearless. You are fearless, you know, and I, I, I love that. And um, no matter what, come hell or high water, you stick to your guns. Um the last thing I want to ask you, it, we're, we're recording this on Juneteenth, which is a federal holiday, but we're still recording it. There's a, you know, a move in this country for reparations. And I don't know, I find it, we, we've come a long way and gone sort of backwards, it seems to me. I was thinking about the 80s when, you know, I I might be wading into dangerous waters here mentioning Bill Cosby's name. But remember the Cosby show and the Huxtables and how popular they were. And both parents had jobs and, the, and he always wore a college sweatshirt and the kids were on their way to, to good lives. And then we had the Fresh Prince of Beverly Hills and he goes and lives with his very rich aunt and uncle in Beverly Hills and or Bel Air rather, Bel Air. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a functioning, uh, optimistic message of what you could become. And we're back to these messages of how it used to be. And that makes all of America evil and bad and responsible. I just wonder how you respond to, to some of those, those arguments. When it comes to reparations, I don't really give an opinion one way or the other, because I don't feel like I've done enough research. Like there are people that I respect that have actually put a lot of time and and energy into figuring out how this could work. Mm -hmm. I will say, I don't think it's coming. And so what I have always done is just what I was taught as a child. Pull my like, like literally, I know people don't like the saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but that's kind of what my parent, my mom instilled in me and my grandmother instilled in me. They never taught me to wait for somebody to give me something. They always taught me to go out here and get it and to be the best that I could be. If there's something that I wanted, go after it. If it's something that I want to achieve, try my hardest and actually do it, you know? And so I never really lived my life like, okay, hopefully next year we get a check or maybe that this year, maybe next year we get a check. I just never lived my life that way because I wasn't taught that. So if reparations come, trust and believe I'm cashing my check. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to die because I haven't been looking for it. I have just been out here living my life and trying to live my best life. And if there's things that I want, just go after it. How old are your children now? So I have three girls. They are 18, 19, and 27. You have a 27-year-old? Yes. So you were what, five when you gave birth? Yes, five. <laughs> five. That's what I thought. Oh my gosh, God bless you. And uh, I, I, I would. How are they? What's your sort of political relationship with your daughters? Do they agree with you? Disagree? How How does that work? So they they agree with me. Actually, the the one my oldest was the only one I think could vote at the time of the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. She voted for Trump simply because although I feel like she's more left leaning or liberal in her thoughts because she's so young and just, you know, of course, 
they have thousand dollar phones in their hands, but they're so <laughs> oppressed, you know. But she went with me to a rally in Beverly Hills and she saw how loving and friendly our side was. But then she watched the other people screaming, we hate you bigots. And so she was like, well, mom, a, a bigot is someone who is, you know, they don't accept someone else's opinion, but they're the ones hollering at you all. You all are just here to talk to whoever willingly came to listen, yet you have these people that want to shut you up, that are yelling at you and holding signs and giving you the bird. And so for her, being around people and seeing for herself that people that supported Trump were not racist, she voted for Trump in 2020. And my my young my youngest daughters, they were given all these surveys in school where they had to take these quizzes to see kind of where they fell along political lines. And my middle daughter took a test and it said it came back that she was conservative. And she was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and so they finally just kind of all accepted it because I think like so many people, they've come back and said, mom, you're right. What is going on? Like they've seen people, not just men that think they can be women, <clears throat> but actually people who think they can be cats. And, yeah. you know, they're like, mom, <laughs> we missed this. And so. <laughs> Now they're completely for it. Like they've been excited about this song. Anything I do, they're sharing it on their story. Their friends know and their friends may come and say, so your mom is a Trump supporter and they happily. Yes. You know, they're, they're fine with it. Yes. It's, it's, it really is interesting. We are fed a particular narrative, but Oftentimes it takes that experience like your daughter had at the rally or, or taking the little test in school and realizing my values are conservative. Wow. I hear all this time. I thought I was kind of a Democrat and maybe I'm not, um, or maybe I'm an independent who knows, but it's, uh, your story is amazing and I so respect you and I appreciate you just your, your, I'm one of those pull yourself up by your bootstraps too. And that's, that's the way I was raised as well. And um, I'm a big believer in that, Joy Behar. It's really okay to do that. It really right. is. It's empowering. <laughs> it's strengthening. It teaches you confidence and how to work. So um, you know what, Shamika? I always sign off my show with be brave and do good. And I would say that you are brave and you are doing good. So I'm so glad that you joined us. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. Congrats on the on the record. And uh, again, people can find that on iTunes and and you can find Shamika on Twitter and watch her with Jason Whitlock and all who cut the bowl, all those things. Just Google her. You'll discover this amazing lady. Shamika, thanks again. Listen, everyone. Thanks for listening and watching. And like I said, be brave and do good. 